Hello and welcome to the 152nd episode of Downtime Podcast with Elise and Jeremy. I'm Jeremy. Oh, I'm Elisa. <laughs> I was like, where are you? <laughs> you know. You know what it yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, it's... Today was kind of kind of weird. I got a haircut in the morning, feeling fresh, feeling good. Oh yeah, because you because you got a haircut before the new shutdown, right? Yeah, yeah. So in San Francisco, it, we're currently in the purple tier. I guess Bay Area is slowly getting to the purple tier, but I, I believe SF is the, one of the first counties to experience like an uptick and having a curfew and having all these rules and having to close a bunch of places that were previously opened because there was more lax rules due to less coronavirus but there's more of an influx of coronavirus i think due to just the holidays in general people traveling people from out of state coming in people leaving the state and then coming back and probably having symptoms um but in any case i got a haircut this morning um it was like the last day before their salon closed and the the stylist was telling me like yeah like everything's closing we gotta we gotta close up shop and I felt really bad, but I also felt good that I got a haircut, like, you know, before they closed. It's just sad. You know, it's just, we're, we're like, what, second wave, third wave? We're in the second wave and no one's learned yet, so we'll, we'll, we'll be here for a bit. We're going to do our best and hopefully local businesses can um, survive and hopefully the government helps them out and hopefully this all gets better by 21 yeah seriously um but in other news i'm sorry it just dawned on me you got a haircut so you don't so you don't have namba hair anymore no i don't i don't have namba hair back to back to kind of like typical short hair yeah just you know faded sides short on top i know i I, use namba hair (laughs) and actually I was looking in the mirror, right? And um, one of the characters, I, I won't name him, but I will say he is the governor. He, I actually had hair like his as well if I like slicked it back. Ooh, okay. And I, okay. his glasses are also similar to mine as well as Namba's. You know, like, you're you're like, right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I could totally pull that off. But then I was like, you know what? I'm tired of long hair. And I cut yeah. it because I just, uh, it's, yeah. It's got to the point where I, I just didn't feel it anymore. Um, but uh, another news, I uh, I watched the most recent episode of The Mandalorian. Super hyped for the next episode after. Very Sad nice. Sad the show is almost over. Very nice. And I watched um, I watched the new episode too yesterday, and man, it's it it's just so crazy seeing like you know just seeing your work to come to life. Though that being said. Um, this is the least amount, um, episode five and episode six were the least amount of work that my, um, studio did on the, on these episodes. Yeah. Like we did one or two scenes or shots, but otherwise we did not, um, work on five or six mostly. Actually, I don't know if you could tell Jeremy, um, episode five actually didn't really use that much visual effects to begin with. Yeah. So. I noticed that, and yeah. I, I, 
it's that was pretty cool. Yeah. That that was the case because everything just looked and felt real. <laughs> uh, random question because I've never seen the series before. I plan on watching it during my winter shutdown. Did you watch Clone Wars before? I have. I haven't finished it. Okay. Oh, like you haven't finished the new final season that came out. All of it. Yeah, I'm all, like yeah. on. I'm like on season three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm looking forward to watching the Clone Wars because just because of how closely it ties now with the Mandalorian or how closely they tied it now. Yeah. Yeah. I I. I am also curious. That and Rebels are, I feel like, are very closely tied thanks to Dave Filoni and his work is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, super looking forward to it. Um, did you know that? Uh, did you recognize that Episode Five is really influenced by Kurosawa? Yes, I did notice that, and that was really <laughs> cool. Yeah, I forgot who directed that one. That one is Filoni. Uh, okay, see, the, the references are strong. Mm-hmm. I started watching that, like, behind-the-scenes show on Disney+, Plus that talks about, like, oh, the direction. Oh, uh, I forgot what it's called. The the the, the vault or some, some shit like that. I forgot exactly the name of it. <laughs> it's like the gallery? It's called the gallery! The, the gal- yeah, the gallery. Yeah, the yeah. gallery. <laughs> yeah, the vault. <laughs> I was like, it's something where it's like, I don't know, a word like that, so... <laughs> yeah, no, you were close. I mean... Yeah, it's just it's just so cool overall. Yeah. It's just it's yeah, and I definitely felt the Kurosawa influences, you know, with being well, I mean, if you know Kurosawa movies, uh I won't spoil it, but if you know Kurosawa movies in general, you know what the the story entails and what kind of um uh choreography warrior-esque um yes. themes are in there. Totally. And it was it was good. It was really really good. I I really liked the little Yoda's theme that played. Oh, <laughs> that yeah, one. yeah, that that I, I, that little little bit of nod to Yoda. Yay. I was like, yo, I was like, yo, that is sick. Yay! Um, but on other Disney Plus news, Mulan, the live action movie, came out for free on Disney Plus. There was no like thirty dollar prepay window that you had to do. And my brother and I watched it last night. I have not. I got, seen it yet but how was it i gotta say i was really underwhelmed by all of it i just kept drawing comparisons to the original animated one um and you know you can't help it when something is a live action remake of a beloved disney movie and i don't know i just it just felt rushed because you know the, the pandemic hit and they were supposed to release it in theaters and then disney had to scramble and quickly release it out to the public um, and I don't know if the way that it felt rushed was the reason why they, you know, I don't know if, if them putting on Disney plus was the reason why it felt rushed, but mm-hmm. it just overall felt like there was too much happening. There's some points where, um, the plot didn't make sense to me. There were characters that just were there for no reason. Um, not to mention they overall, removed two important characters, Mushu and Shang. Yeah. They, okay. They, or like, I don't, would Shang... I don't remember what the deal is. Is it that he's there, but he's not a love interest? Or are they straight out like he's not there and they replaced it with a different love interest? I forgot which one it was. So they split his character into two different characters. They didn't, the filmmakers didn't want uh, Mulan to have a love interest that was like 
a higher rank than her. So the captain of the regiment, or like I guess general or whatever, the commander, he's is that really the reason? He's a separate character, and then her like love interest is just another soldier that is on the same level as her. Is um, that seriously the reason why? Because yes. of the rank? Well, like yes, but, that, but that's kind of. <laughs> That's kind of dumb because the point of a lot of the point of Mulan is that even though Mulan was a lower ranked soldier in the cartoon, she had the wit and well, she had the wit intelligence and she had battle tactics to defeat the Huns in the final scene and in the avalanche scene. Like I thought like is, isn't that the whole the whole point that like even Shang couldn't figure it out? Like Mulan figured it out. Yeah, exactly. So and- they kind of touch on it, but they kind of breeze over it. Um, much like how they breeze over all the songs. Like, hearing all those orchestral pieces of, like, reflection um, is really Ugh. cool. But, like, I don't know. Like, just as an orchestral piece, I didn't really tie the movie together. I was waiting for, like, the main theme of the Mulan originate, original animated movie that goes, like, na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. Like, they didn't have that. I was really disappointed. Um, they would, like... They would, like, make references to the songs. Like, the only reference to I'll Make a Man Out of You is literally, like, one of the commanding officers is like, I'm gonna make a man out of every single one of you. And then, like, they talk about, like, the, what's it, like, uh, what do we want? A girl worth fighting for. You know, that song, like, they, they, they just talk about it and they, like, rhyme it while they're talking about it. But it's not a song because they're having a conversation over food. <laughs> so, I don't know. That That was weird. And... They made the cricket character into a human, and his name is literally Cricket, and he almost dies like two times, and he's lucky he didn't die because his name is Cricket. They just, oh my god, it was so weird. Like I hate um, this already. <laughs> they, uh, what else? There's, uh, the, like, I don't know. I feel like Jet Li was also dubbed over, which was really sad because it didn't feel like his own voice. And I'll, I don't know why, but, like, it also felt like Donnie Yen's voice was also lowered for some reason. Interesting. Like, he, it, didn't, it didn't sound like his voice. It sounds like they they lowered the pitch of his voice for whatever reason. So, um, I don't know if this is the reason with Jet Li. It might not be the reason. But if Jet Li was dubbed over, I don't know logistics or anything. But I do know that the past couple of years, Jet Li has been pretty sick. Yeah, no, that's that's what so I'm thinking I, too. I don't know if it's related. Maybe it did sound like his voice, but mm-hmm. again, like I don't know if it was or if it was like someone impersonating him, yeah, and just doing an accent that sounded just like him, like a sound alike, not an impersonation. That's a, a yeah. sound alike. Um, it was yeah, it, uh, I don't know. It just felt underwhelming. I just felt disappointed. There were characters that were there, and then they would just like die and you're like what was the point of you being here i don't think <laughs> why yeah. would you make me try to have feelings for like appreciating you and then you're just gone and i don't know i i, I say pass on this movie just watch the animated version it's so much yeah. better it's such a classic that like, i think i'm going to do that this this live action one just feels like such a disservice to the original in mm-hmm. so many ways they it's like oh, man yeah, I, I I could go on, but then I feel like I would go on for another like twenty minutes. <laughs> but I I'm not looking forward to the live action Lilo and Stitch that they have under works right now. That's one of my favorite Disney movies of all time. Uh, being that Stitch is also one of my favorite, if not my favorite, Disney character. 
and I'm just going to be so sad when I see what he looks like, and it's going to look like an abomination. I'm still going to watch it, but I'm just going to be disappointed the whole time. <laughs> I refuse to acknowledge or talk about it, actually. So Yeah, yeah. I don't, to, as far as I'm concerned, I don't know what you're talking about, Jeremy. <laughs> That's even better. Yeah. <laughs> well, in any case, what's going on with you? So, this will lead into what I'm playing, but uh, up life update for me is I got a new gaming laptop. Hey! I got the Asus G14 and uh zephyrus and i really like it so far it's the laptop of my dreams it, uh, i don't know if anyone knows the story because i actually don't know if i mentioned it on the podcast before but i had a hp personal laptop before this one it was fine like i think it's the pavilion i don't remember exactly because i already like threw it out because never want to see it ever again it was it was actually a totally <laughs> fine lap, laptop like it worked fine the catch was that it was a windows 7 laptop when i bought it this was a ah. laptop i bought a little bit like last year of college and what happened was there was a point where windows and microsoft wanted every computer to update to windows 10 and it basically didn't give you an option it said all right, we're going to update, like, you have to do it within these two weeks or whatever. So I updated the laptop, and it completely borked my laptop. It slowed it oh. down completely. The operating system just couldn't be handled, and it was never the same ever again. Mm. And now I have this laptop. It's great. It um, has an AMD Ryzen, um, and everything runs perfectly, and everything renders faster, and I'm all about it. The uh, if anyone you know you're probably uh, some people might be thinking why didn't you get a you know a desktop and part of the reason I chose to get the laptop over the desktop is simply because it's portable and I in my person like in my regular life if like once coronavirus you know settles and everything I'm actually on the go quite a bit um, and I travel a lot for work. So part of the reason why I got a gaming laptop is so that it, in any case, after this is all over or whatever, if I have if I have to go somewhere, I can actually like bring my personal laptop and like continue on gaming. So, yeah, that's a good point. Like having that ability and mobility uh, yeah. just to take it everywhere is really cool. Yeah. Like down the line, like I because I had a desktop before. Like, way back. I, I I definitely see myself still, like, having a desktop. Like, maybe it might be my next computer. Who knows? It's just, like, currently my lifestyle right now is on the go more. Right. No, that makes sense. Yeah. And the first game I installed on my laptop was The Sims 4. And nice. And... I have played an ugly amount of that game <laughs> during how many hours the Thanksgiving weekend. I wonder if Origin tells you how many hours. Okay, <laughs> I kid you not. I kid you not, Jeremy. There was like this one day where I had my laptop playing The Sims. I had my Switch because I was doing something 
on Animal Crossing, like I was collecting something, and then I had okay. my PlayStation on because there was also a cutscene going on in Yakuza. <laughs> oh my god, you're hella busy just playing hella games. <laughs> like seriously, the like this past like Thanksgiving weekend, I was like, all right, it's on. I'm gonna play so many things. Nice. And nice. and it was it, like I caught up a lot, and it was great. Hold on. Um, you know what? I need to figure I need to figure out I will if I figure it out by the end of the podcast, I will tell you how many hours I played. I just need to mm-hmm. see where Origin puts that. But I downloaded The Sims 4. It was actually a game I had on my old laptop. Um but I stopped playing it when my laptop borked. <laughs> Uh, so now I'm back at it and I have the regular Sims. I have the outdoor pack. I have the Island life pack and then I have the holiday pack. Oh, nice. And it's a really good variety right now. Currently I, um, the name of the Island in the Island pack. Cause it's like, I don't know. I don't know if you've played the, the Sims before. Um, um I, I haven't played it, but I do know I'm aware of like all the stuff that's in it. Yeah. The way that The Sims is set up after The Sims 1, Sims everything after Sims 2, it's set up by neighborhoods. So you could go to different neighborhoods. Uh. And and when you get an I like sometimes when you get an expansion pack, it starts you off with another neighborhood of possibilities that you can go to. Got it. Yeah. So the name of the island, is it Silvana? I think it's Silvana, but, um, uh, or Solani. It's Solani. So, so the one attached to island life is Solani. And you can do a lot of things like snorkeling. I, like, I, I can swim with dolphins. I can Caribbean. I kid like there's bars like there's a lot of things you can do you can hang out at the beach um you can collect different items like they sell t- they not they sell um they you can grow taro in your house <laughs> whoa what yeah. yeah it's pretty it's pretty great I'm really I'm enjoying it so far it's a good time and um, I haven't played the... So, there's other neighborhoods that you can play. Um, for example, the outdoor pack that I have. That is a vacation... The the outdoor cam- is, a, is a camping pack. So, it's this neighborhood called Granite Falls. And it's, like, straight up, like, a campsite. Like, it's a neighbor... Like, and then you can do all these things, like, hike and fish. And you can oh, wow. be, be friends with... Okay, so, you know how... In California, you have that Smokey the Bear animal. Uh, yeah. That only you t- can prevent forest fires. Yes, only you can prevent forest fires. Yeah, there's actually a bear mascot in the middle of the forest. Of, oh, wow. Of, How? Of Granite Falls. Wow. So, <laughs> it's, wow. it's great. I'm, I think I'm pretty satisfied with playing the... Like, I don't think I'm going to get an expansion anytime soon, though on thanksgiving weekend they had a very like they like the reason i got island the island expansion pack was because it was on sale and i think if i were to get a new expansion pack it would be the seasons one and the seasons one will take 
your Sims kind of life through all four seasons. So it's pretty cool. Wow, that's awesome. That's it's pretty actu- cool. It was my favorite expansion pack. It's it's actually been my favorite expansion pack since it, it was introduced. Like I I have it on The Sims 3 as well. I think Seasons by far is one of the best expansion packs ever made like in this whole Sims franchise and Nightlife. Mm-hmm. But um I'll probably get that next for my expansion. We'll see what happens. I don't like the sims 4 as much as i do the sims 3 i think sims the sims 3 ultimately is my favorite one i and a lot of that has to do with the fact you can walk to different houses so the name na- the way that the neighborhood is built you can walk to different houses you can walk to the store and you actually see your sim walking and and the sims 4 they went back to a loading screen so it's kind of like if your sim wants to go somewhere, there's a loading screen. And there was just something cool about The Sims 3 when you're walking to, like, say someone's house. But you could, act like, say you're walking or, like, driving to your to work or someone's place. But you, like, see someone on the street. Like, you can stop by and talk to them. and Or, like, mm. you know, you can, like, step aside on the sidewalk and be like, oh, there's a collectible. And just, like, you know, collect it. Oh, but wow. It, but that being said... The Sims 4 run... So part of the reason why they went back to a loading screen system in The Sims 4 is because there was a lot of processing power required for allowing people to drive and walk and the and the player can see them walk and drive and bike and whatnot. So right. what I will say is The Sims 4 is super fast. It's actually, it's actually a really quick game. And in terms of loading speed, I, I'm really liking it so far. Um, there's actually a new expansion pack, Jeremy. It came out, I want to say it came out this, this month, maybe, uh, or mm. at least in November. God, it's no, it's December already. <laughs> it came out in November and it's a, it's, it's a snow expansion pack. So it's like a vacation island of, it's, or like it's a vacation neighborhood in a, um, in a snow, like a snowy mountain, and you can snowboard and whatnot. And the island, I'm pretty 100% positive, like the neighborhood is influenced by Mount Fuji. So, oh wow, that's yeah. cool. Or it's either Mount Fuji or it's Hokkaido. I don't know which one it is, but I'm like 99% sure that it's influenced by that. I would not be surprised. Yeah. Um. But yeah, The Sims is great. I'm liking, like, I'm liking it so far. Um, now that I now that I actually have a computer that I can play it and it's fast, I'm enjoying it a lot more than I did when I first played it in 2015. I'm sure it runs like a dream too. Oh God, it's so beautiful. <laughs> it's <laughs> you so have an beautiful. RTX. <laughs> so yeah. Snorkeling is amazing in this game. It's so pretty. <laughs> so do you connect your monitor to? Oh, I'm sorry. Do you t- connect your laptop to a monitor? And just play like I that. do, but I'm actually I have had no issues playing it on my laptop monitor as well. It actually it actually looks fine um, on the laptop, but but in general, I do just connect it to a monitor. Cool. And to clarify, The Sims Four is the newest version. There's yes. no Sims Five yet, right? I wonder. You know, that's a good question. I wonder when The Sims Five is gonna, hmm. you know, come out. They the Maxis and EA with the Sims, they the game lasts a while. 
I want to say like right. its life is like six to seven years. <laughs> right, right. So I wouldn't be surprised if The Sims Five is announced like twenty one or twenty two, like announced, like not even out yet, but just like it will be officially announced. I, I it's such a popular game. I just yeah. probably right. Yeah. <laughs> Most oh likely. God, there has to be a five. Ugh. If they can, if if five can figure out a way to implement the neighborhood system of The Sims Three, but not use that much processing power, oh, that would be god tier game. <laughs> so yes, yes. Now, on top of that, I played Animal Crossing during Thanksgiving, and it was really adorable. <laughs> mm-hmm. And. You know what was really cute? The freaking animation after you give the turkey. I forgot its name. Franklin. After you give Franklin the turkey all the ingredients, he's just he's just like, let's go. And then <laughs> it it has this animation of all of your villagers around a table and they're just getting ready to eat and the the food that you make. And then they it's like the drum roll is really adorable. I was all about really? it. I like how they all look so eager to eat the food. I know. I know. And then after you do the final recipe, they're just happy and they jump around like it's their birthday. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the most I've seen of all of my villagers in one place. Aside from like the fireworks, Aside from fireworks. festival. Yeah. Because there's usually like three that are hanging out in their houses. I'm like, man, uh-huh. where, where are y'all? I want you guys to come out here and have fun too. <laughs> <laughs> but of course the game's like, nah, we got to have people in their houses because you got to collect recipes that will add yep. on to the existing like cooking stuff. Because I, I, I maxed out everything for Franklin. Like, you know how you make one recipe, then you add another thing onto it to make it better. Yeah. yeah that was fun. That was fun to do. Yeah. Um, and this, Yeah. Another thing that another thing that I like is even if you didn't get the DIYs, they just like you could buy it the next day at Nook. Yeah, that's that's true. Oh yeah, that's which very is true. like okay, Nintendo. I appreciate the thought and the sentiment. That's nice, but what about my mushroom recipes? Why can't you do the same thing to that? <laughs> How do you get those? Because I didn't get any. Balloons? Oh, hell. No wonder I didn't get them. <laughs> yeah, exactly my point. So, <laughs> thanks, Nintendo. I appreciate all of these Thanksgiving recipes, which are great. But for God's sake, you made the mush recipes really difficult to get. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a fan of waiting for the balloons to come. Uh, I just I was like, you know what, screw it. Because I, I did mention on a previous podcast that I would probably do what you did and just have my Switch out and wait for the balloons to come. I just thought, thought it was too tedious, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wait until next year. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I feel it. Oh, and the, before we talk about Yakuza, um, my, real quick, so I made my... Sim- so if anyone... I don't know if anyone knows this, but my Animal Crossing name is Meek Meek. And mm-hmm. so I made my sim. Her name is Mika. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Yeah. And uh, what I what I like to do when I play The Sims is I randomize traits because you can choose a personality for your sim. I randomized it because I, I just like playing for fun. And I also 
play for legacy and generations. So my sim will always have kids. And it's one of those things where just like, you know, if if like, I'll just play with this personality and, you know, eventually down the line, like as my Sims family grows, like I'll be playing with all the personalities at some point. So, um, that's true. My Sim is a scientist and I'm building a rocket right now. (laughs) Wow. That's that. Well, I, oh, wow. (laughs) And I also built a time portal or, uh, um, not a time portal, but I built a alien portal. (laughs) Where does it go? Another planet? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Wait, then why do you need the rocket ship? You have a portal. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you're just building the rocket ship. You're like, wow, I could go to other worlds in an instant, but I want to build know. a rocket ship that'll take longer. It's like, okay, 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 that's cool. Sims are, Sims are cool. <laughs> you do you, also, all right? I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> yep. I also build a satellite to communicate aliens to visit me. So it's like I have three forms of communication with aliens. And one of them time. is better than all the other yep. <laughs> you, can, you can meet them you don't have you don't need the satellite you don't need the rocket ship but hey if you want them you could just build them yep pretty much <laughs> pretty much <laughs> all uh, right i i want to talk about dead by daylight real fast i was about to say really? no I, that's exactly what i was going to say i was about to say talk about what you're playing aside from yakuza and then we'll talk go into our yakuza discussion oh gosh but real quick i am also uh-huh. playing the game hades and it's oh yes it's a really fun game are you playing hades too no i'm not sadly all good so i'm playing hades it's a, it's from super giant games the same people who made bastion i don't know if you knew this jeremy but super giant games is actually like in the in the south bay area holy crap are you serious yeah it is oh wow started off started off i think in my hometown so <laughs> um they, so okay. Hades is really fun right now. You're playing as Hades' son, Zagreus. Zagreus and uh, I, one thing I just wanted to re- mention real quick is I'm not good at... You, you know you have that type of game where you know you're not good at it, but you still like playing them or, mm-hmm. or like uh, trying to get better at them? I think roguelike yeah. games are that for me. I am not okay. necessarily good at roguelike games. But I re- I try my best at them, even if like I don't finish it or and whatnot. I I I find them fun, or just to to survive as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So, what makes Hades really cool is you're trying to escape the underworld, and there's gonna be points where you die. But what I like about it is the game is like, yeah, you're going to die a lot in this game. And because you're going to die a lot in this game, all the jewels and all of the things you collected during the game, you can use those after you die to improve your attributes and to improve your skills. So it's like, and so that you can get better at le- at um, trying to escape the dungeon. So. Right. So that's what I like about it so far. It's like it's a roguelike game, but it's I think it's very friendly to people who've never played a roguelike before. In in the fact oh. that you can that you can like oh you you die, but it's not too late because anything you gained during your last run, you can try to get a better weapon or you know make one skill better. I think I might 
play it because I am interested in the roguelike genre. I just the games that I've seen people play, they just look too difficult for me. And it seems like from what you're telling me, Hades is a good entry point. Um, I think so. so a good I've... a good gateway game to the to the genre. I agree. I would I would say so. This is one of the easier roguelike games I've played, and like I said, this is this is not an easy game <laughs> by any means. But it's 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 very forgiving for roguelite. Got it. Yes. Okay, I, that's that's good because I'm a I'm a scrub and I need to get better. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a scrub too. So, hey, hey. All right, Dead by Daylight. So uh, there's a new DLC that was released this past Tuesday. It's called The Binding of Kin. And whenever Dead by Daylight has a new DLC, there's always an uptake of new players, maybe old players that haven't played in a while, because uh, the new DLC usually consists of a new killer and a new survivor. Sometimes in the rare case, it's just the killer or just the survivor. But this DLC had a lot more than just the killer and survivor. It also had bug fixes um, and it also had uh, map revamps. So a lot of the old maps had a graphical change and they look 10 times better. Uh, it's amazing. And the bug fixes, I would say, are non-existent because when they fix something, they always break something. Um, and it sucks. And I won't go into that because I'm just going to sound like I'm complaining. But <laughs> I want to talk about the new survivor and the new killer. The new killer um, is actually two characters. It's called They're called Charlotte and Victor. They're twins. Yeah. Charlotte is a tall woman. She she doesn't have any special characteristics about her. She just has a giant hook and she just or like a sickle and she just hits you. But um she can pull out Victor and once you pull out Victor, you immediately have uh, control over him. And when you assume control over him, he has abilities where he jumps really fast and he can also grab you and then like latch onto you and then like start beating you up and you have to like crush him. So you have this interesting mechanic where as the killer, you can switch between these two characters. You could leave Victor somewhere in the map. And then as Charlotte, you could just run around as you normally do and then hit people. But Victor is like 10 times faster than Charlotte. He can also jump really fast. Um, but he, his only attack is to lunge at you. Also, Ooh. he's really small. And a lot of the perks that you have don't work on him, which sucks. And oh my God, it's just, it's just weird. It's scary. Uh, he's, he just looks like a little monster. He looks like like a combination of like a demon and a gorilla baby. <laughs> and, oh my god! It's... No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like thanks. I I needed this. It's thanks. Just, I hate it. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's it's terrible. And then like, yeah, it's it is a cool mechanic. I will say because you you're as the killer, you have. You have this mindset where you have to constantly th figure out your strategy, what you want to do, switching between the two different characters. Mm -hmm. um, the new survivor, she's really cool. She has a perk where it, it could fake making a noise when you go into a locker. So when you go into a locker really fast, it triggers a noise for the killer. So they go over the in that direction. But uh, with her, one of our diversion perks, you can pretend like you're going into a locker and the killer will go over there and like, oh, faked you. Um, mm -hmm. there's one where she like digs into a chest. Like if you dig into an empty chest, you'll find an item and you have three tokens when you start the match. Um, so that means you can dig into three empty chests and find an item each time, which is really cool because, um, chests start closed in every match. When you open them mm -hmm. up, they obviously have an item, but if it, it's already open, there's nothing there. But the new perk of that, of the survivor is to, op is to look into an already open chest for another item. 
Um, and the other perk, I forgot what it was, but... Uh, oh, no, sorry. The, the last perk was um, if you're being carried by the killer uh, and they walk over a pallet, you can actually trigger the pallet to fall on top of you and the killer and cause you to escape because uh, one of the mechanics of the game is when the killer is carrying you on their back, um, if you walk over a pallet... Uh, or if a survivor, another survivor has a flashlight and blinds the killer, uh, it will cause the person being carried to be mm -hmm. set free and they can run away. Uh, and so I think it's, it's really, they're really interesting perks for the survivor. Um, for the killer, I forget what their perks are, <laughs> to be honest. I just know one of them is <laughs> called oppression. It's when, um, you work on a gen and then suddenly there's a tiny, tiny skill check, which is basically a quick time event. Um, and if you don't press the button at the right time, the gen will blow and cause a noise, which will alert the killer. And oppression causes it so that the, this tiny, tiny skill check is there. And then if you miss it, then you're, you're boned. But mm. yeah, the overall, the DLC is really cool. I, uh, I like the, the new graphical updates to the maps better than I guess the overall DLC. The killer is interesting and cool. It's just really annoying that Victor is a as a thing, as a creature that exists and attacks you and it's really scary. Yeah. Um But I mean, I still play the game. The I complain about this game a lot. I the people I play with, we all complain about this game. We talk shit about this game all the time, but we still play it every day and we still love it. <laughs> so I, I I don't know. I feel like I'm justified <laughs> in having all these complaints. Hey. If you love something, sometimes you have criticisms toward toward it because you want it to be better yeah got it got it yeah that that, that does make sense like you when you love something so much you just notice all its flaws now let's move on to yakuza the game that we both love right now do we though jeremy <laughs> do okay we? okay that, love is a strong <laughs> word i will okay. say that I think this is a good entryway for the new protagonist. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, I think... Okay. First, I am I am in the middle of Chapter 14. I finished the first boss of Chapter 14, and I'm going on to the second part of Chapter 14. What part are you on right now? I want to also preface this by saying we are um, intentionally being vague because we will have a spoiler cast again. Uh, if this if you find this annoying, I just want to let you guys know that we're trying not to talk too in-depth about the game because we are in the later stages of the game and we don't want to spoil anything until we get to the spoiler cast. But um, we are excited, so, you know, just be prepared for um, an, a slip, but hopefully it'll be edited out. <laughs> yes. Um. To answer your question, Elisa, I am on chapter 15. Okay, so you're on the final chapter. Yeah, but I am, I'm playing go-kart right now, and I have a lot to say about that, but okay. after you. After you. <laughs> okay. I think now is a good time to actually read our listener question of the week, because it will lead a lot of our discussion today about the battle system in Yakuza. Yeah. So, we have a comment from Chariot Goblin who says, great Yakuza discussion. And this is on podcast uh, episode 151. Thankful for Yakuza cast number five. Uh, they say, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on chapter 12 because it's surprisingly tough. Make sure you grind in the Sotenbori arena to level 50 to 52. I just completed Yakuza 7 at the 70 hour mark. It's a good game, but difficulty spikes and pacing issues stop it from being anything better than good. 
It might have the best content, the best side content in the whole series. My favorite is still Yakuza Zero. So thank you, Cherry Goblin, for your yes, question. Thank and, you. I'll, and shout out to you. Thank you for the sub to our channel as well on YouTube. Yes. Okay. Um, Cherry Goblin and our users. So we've we actually are as you can see, we're pretty neck and neck in the chapters we were at. And there was this one morning during our Thanksgiving vacation where I messaged Jeremy and I'm like, hey, like I finished chapter 11 and it's actually crazy story, you know, like storyline wise. And then so we started talking about it. And then we were both about to like enter chapter 12 that like Saturday morning or Friday morning, whatever day it was. (laughs) And then what happens is I get a text like, I get a text like a little bit later, and then Jeremy says, "Hey, by the way, um, the boss in chapter twelve is really crazy. You need to level up." And I was like, "Oh, it is because I feel like I'm pretty adequately leveled up now." As a as a person who plays RPGs and JRPGs, my idea of leveling up is um, so it so. In this game, the enemies that are around Ijinjo, Ijinjo, they level up to your level as well. So it's not like in any in any case, like there's like one section that like there's like level nine thugs. They're constantly leveling up to where you are. And the beginning of chapter 12 also warns you that there's going to be a spike in in difficulty level so i'm starting this chapter uh, chapter 35 or 30 yeah chapter 35 or sorry i'm starting this chapter at level 35 and i was about to finish and go into the final boss of chapter 12 and then jeremy's like that's not enough you need to be at least chapter 50 and i was like what <laughs> because <laughs> Because chapter in because at level thirty five, I'm if my idea of grinding is if I'm able to defeat the enemies that are around me currently at my level, then most likely I'm probably leveled enough to defeat chapter uh, to defeat whatever boss that is. But no, you that is incorrect. If you are on. If you are at level 35 by chapter 12, you are behind. <laughs> you have to at least get 12 to 15 levels before you can defeat that chapter 12 boss. You're like severely underleveled and You are severely underleveled. I I honestly I so I went into that boss battle like, "All right, let's do it. Let's take this on." I was like level 37 yeah. for like most of my characters. Yes. So I go there with my with my usual four, um, for obviously for spoiler's sake, I'm not gonna say who they are, but I did my my usual things. I got like he, that boss like one shotted one of my characters, and I was like, oh my god, oh my god, I am gonna die, and I thought dying was maybe part of the battle, and I was like, okay, I guess this is gonna be okay. Nope, it wasn't. I died at least three times trying to beat that boss, <laughs> and I yeah. was like, okay, oh my, I need goodness. to level up. <laughs> Right? And so I, I tried to make my level comparable to the boss's level, and I got up there, but even even being on the same level, I barely scraped by. 
Like I was yes. running low on on all supplies. I maxed out all of my health supplies, and I was already running low. And I was like, "Dude, I don't." Oh my you god! See, you would think that. Oh hey, we're both at level forty three, so maybe that's enough. It's not enough. So <laughs> it's like, no. What is going on with this game? And then that is when I realized this game. So this part is not a spoiler. This game. Force is forcing you to use the battle arena and the dungeon, like which typically in a Yakuza game, the dungeons don't exist and the battle arena completely optional. I actually barely used the battle arenas in all of my Yakuza playing, but Same. Yakuza 7 is forcing you to actually use these dungeons and these battle arenas to basically level up at the end of the game. And the battle arena that you get in chapter 12, you should feel comfortable defeating that at least twice to level up to level 50 or so before you defeat the final boss of chapter 12. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> it's like really stupid, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. It's just like... I don't see why they had to build that mechanic in there. I I feel like it's like I don't know. It seems like you. That's the only way to do those to to level ups to do those two things, and then you can like progress in the story. Like they don't give you any alternative options. Like that's literally what you have to do. <laughs> like there's no there's, yeah. there's nothing else. Exactly. You can also Sotenbori. Oh, that's a spoiler. I'll edit that out. Um, so the next area you go to in chapter twelve, the next neighborhood is a big difficult, like spikes in enemy difficulty. So you can also just level up walking around the area and fighting enemies. But to get the most bang out of your buck in leveling up, you should do the battle arena because you also get drops of weapons and armor that will defeat these future bosses as well as materials to use the um, the romance workshop. Which, by the way, I had no intention of ever really using the romance workshop because I was like, oh, I don't want to get these materials. Like, if, like, the, like, these things would be optional at best, in other Yakuza games. Whereas this game, God, you really have to do everything. Yeah, like, before, just be like, hey, go to Kamiyama if you want a weapon. I'm like, actually, I'm pretty fine with these guns, and I think I don't need anything else. And then it's like, okay, cool, you don't have to do that. Yeah. But this game is like, hey, guess what? You gotta level up Romance Workshop. I'm like, why? And the game's like, well, there's a lot of shit happening in the later chapters. I'm like, no, I don't need that. I'll just go somewhere else. Turns out you need it. And yeah. honestly, I was in the same boat as you uh, at the end. But in the beginning, I was like, all right, I'm going to fund this workshop. I'm going to get all the materials, get these weapons. Some of them are actually really useful because um, there's a lot of enemies that are weak to ice, weak to electricity. And I found that very helpful to craft these weapons and improve them. But over time, it got to the point where once I fully upgraded the workshop, I didn't have enough materials for the stronger weapons. And I'm like, I was like, all right, you know what? This is too much work because I don't want to keep playing the battle arena over and over again. And I've I don't want to go to the dungeon. I still haven't set foot back into the in that Fuck dungeon. Fuck the dungeon! I, I hate nev- it. 
Never going back there. <laughs> I would rather go to the battle arena than the yes, dungeon. Yes, 100%. Oh my god. I, I would rather get rare materials at the battle arena. And I, I that's what I did for quite a while. Like I was like, okay. But then it got really boring. <laughs> like Just playing the battle arena over and over again. Because I was kicking everyone's ass. And I was like, well, this is cool, but... I don't know. I, I feel like I don't need to, to upgrade the workshop anymore. Or I don't feel like I need to... Sorry, not upgrade the workshop. I don't need to get, like, weapons from the workshop anymore. And that's kind of where I stopped. And I feel like I'm an adequate, I'm in an adequate place with all my weapons. Like, maybe I'll just upgrade them. But I just don't want to look for new materials. Like, everything looking... Right. Everything about getting new materials was always optional. And I don't like that it's something that you have to do now. Yeah. I'm surprised that they implemented they implemented this in the battle system that you have to do the battle arena you have to do dungeons you don't have to do dungeons don't fall for that but or you have to actually use the romance workshop it i mean that being said maybe i should have expected it because they did turn this game into a jrpg at the same time i think that's unfair for me to also say that I, this was a very big difficulty spike. I've played a lot of RPGs where all of a sudden between the chapters, there's a difficulty spike and you're like, where the fuck did that happen? <laughs> but, mm -hmm. but this one was really unexpected. It's unexpected because in chapter 11, you can easily defeat the bosses at level 32. That's why I find, that's why it's like, you mean to tell me that like, Chapter 11, you can defeat bosses at 32, but in chapter 12, you have to be 47 or 50 to defeat it. That is a that is a big spike. I think that's a very unreasonable spike, to be honest. No, I, I agree. It's really stupid, and I don't yeah. like how that is, like, a thing, you know? Yeah. Ugh, um, it's, it's... I just don't like how the pacing is for that, because you kind of stop... And you have to like grind your whole way back up there, and it kind of kind of loses momentum when you're playing the game, and the pacing is just weird because from that point on, like you're like, all right, as you mentioned earlier, you could be a lower level than the boss and still beat them by like just sheer force and sheer will. But now it's like, well, you have to go back and do all this shit, and then you can you can beat the game after that. It's like, well, I don't want to. I I'm playing this for the story now, you know? Yeah. So that was incredible. So to answer your question, Chariot, that. Chapter 12, 100% was in incredibly frustrating. I didn't look up Reddit or how people feel about Chapter 12. So I, I, don't, I, I don't know what the immediate reaction is to the difficulty spike and if other people agree. But in my personal opinion, I think it was a very unreasonable spike. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm also waiting until I beat the game before I see people's reactions to individual chapters. Mm -hmm. Because I... I want to know what people do say about chapter 12 because that it was absurd. It was that was like ridiculous. So it's just like, okay, there's like what? Three more chapters after this before the game ends. And now you're making everything turn around like this. Like, come on. Yeah. What? I should be able to get through this boss. No problem. But no, they, they had to make it hard on us. I agree. <sighs> and currently, currently now, I think I'm on level 54. Five. Yeah, I'm on level 55. I finished the first boss of chapter 14. I'm about to go into the second half of the chapter. And the first boss of chapter 14, it was one of those things where 
finally back i was i felt like i was back to a level of like okay i feel fine like i like this is like a good enough level to defeat that specific boss but Mm -hmm. it like a part of me is like god i i i swear to freaking god because i know where this is going story-wise story-wise they introduce a plot point where you you're gonna have to do something and i'm just like fuck if i go to this new neighborhood i better not have there better not be like a 60 level spike or like a 60 or even worse a 65 or 70 level spike that i suddenly have to grind for and i i think that's gonna happen like i i I haven't i haven't gotten there because i just started (laughs) chapter 15 and i was like i need a break from the story i'm just gonna do side stuff but i feel like it's just gonna jump up higher and we might have to go back to that battle arena or the stupid dungeon so so prepared god okay (laughs) because it already happened once i feel like it's gonna happen again because i can't believe that the game did that honestly (laughs) uh prepare yourself um, it's coming watch I will. God damn it. <laughs> the second half of your question though, I if you if you heard me in the last podcast, I think that all of the side content and sub stories and all of the um stupid mini games are hilarious. Like I I I like it's so dumb, but I'm here for it. I love the side content of this game. Yeah. I do agree those- that it's like almost on par with Yakuza 0 side content like really the only thing this game is missing is a clubbing game i still don't understand like how we they did not re-implement a clubbing game in any of the games aside from yakuza zero like with yeah, like know, you know right? music of that time i i just don't get it like <laughs> come on like that's the only rhythm game that's missing um that makes yakuza zero superior but but aside from that, I I do wholeheartedly agree. The side content is a lot of fun in Like a Dragon. Yeah, it, it's awesome. All the sub stories are awesome. Um, I, I really like how they have like a lot of the the mini games are kind of based off of real life stuff. The I mm-hmm. tried playing the slot machine games. Those were interesting. I I'm not a fan, but I do realize it is a way to get certain items and to help level up your character, which is pretty cool. But Aside from that, I'm probably not going to use the side, uh, the the slot machine stuff. Um, I hell, I adi- started collecting Tojo crest, uh, Tojo clan crests, just so that I could get a katana weapon for Adachi. Like, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Which, by the way, is a ball is a baller katana because I I ended up doing what I said I was going to do last podcast. I made, I turned, um, I turned uh Psycho into an idol. And then I turned Adachi into a bodyguard so that he could use the katana, and I'm it's I'm all about it. And yeah. the katana that the I think it's like a Sakura like katana or something like that. It, it's yeah, like yeah. legitimately a good weapon. Um, if you if for anyone who uses the bodyguard, uh, r- job for Adachi. That's that's such a classic Yakuza weapon because I think that the weapon has been in the every single iteration of the game. The Sakura mm-hmm. Storm katana. Yes. Um, and yeah, I, when I saw it, I was like, I kind of want it. I, none of my characters <laughs> have, have that bodyguard like job, but I yeah. just, I just want it. Cause it looks cool. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, uh, I, I want to talk about go-karting real quick 
to kind yes. of like build off of Chariot's comment. Um, so in in a previous podcast, I mentioned how I wasn't used to the controls of this because I was like likening it too much to Mario Kart. I started playing the Go Kart mini game right after I finished Chapter Fourteen, right into Chapter Fifteen, and I was like, "All right, I I'm gonna play this for a while and just you know level up and and get some things in the shop." I had to like try and beat one boss like four times because it was just so hard. I'm still not used to the controls. I just I don't know what's wrong. Like I I feel like I just I'm not adapting and. I don't know. It's just really annoying because a lot of the turns are just way too sharp and drifting. Like I'm, I'm like trained to drift a lot earlier, but drifting earlier means that you're gonna hit the corner faster. So I have to drift later, and that doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm just like messing up all the time. I'm breaking, but everyone passes me, and I'm just like, this is just so frustrating. <laughs> I, uh, I just, I thought I was gonna like the go kart mini game a lot. Turns out I really don't like it, mm. <laughs> and I'm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being new, too nitpicky. Maybe I just need to play it more. But I, I actually enjoy the business management game a lot more than the go-kart game. Yeah. It's That's just, fair. It's just... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you just... You feel accomplished because you actually make money from that game. And you could just, like, you know, use that to further progress your character in different ways. And... Yeah, yeah. it's just... I... I would rather play something else. <laughs> but, um... Yeah. That's that's my only comment. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, I haven't played the go kart game yet. I will play a few of them just to like get a gist of it. But, um, I think like, I think that with the go kart game, at least the first time that I played it, it it actually felt more akin to, uh, Crash Team Racing. And you, I know you haven't played that yet, but the controls mm-hmm. definitely felt more like like a PlayStation racer than it did like a Nintendo racer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I maybe I need to play Crash Team Racing. <laughs> yeah, it's like yes. it, it, like definitely like the mechanics of a PlayStation racer are just different from like a Nintendo racer or an Xbox racer because I've never, but I've never played Forza before, but um. But got it, got it. yeah, it, I do. I do. I, it did feel more like Crash Team Racing to me when I played it, even though in terms of the controls, even though it is based off of Mario Kart. Mm, yeah, there's a lot of strong comparisons there. Yeah. But yeah, when you get a chance, I'd like to know your thoughts on that mini game. Yeah, um, I'll probably show my thoughts in our spoiler cast because I because I do. Tr- want to try to finish this game this weekend unless i have to dedicate sunday to grinding then then that's another week <laughs> same yeah i'm gonna freaking game i'm probably gonna finish it tomorrow tomorrow mm-hmm. being sunday saturday being the being the recording of this podcast but i i will try to beat it tomorrow i'm just gonna spend the whole day tomorrow playing the game yeah um and see how far I get. And I'll I'll text you. I'll try to give you a heads up if there's anything that Thank happens. You. Thank or you. or if you get ahead of me, please let me know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Oh, and... really random. Um, yeah, yeah. Can yeah. you imagine, Jeremy, if this game if that like it, it's like the equivalent of take the take your least favorite minigame or the hardest minigame, Mahjong, and all of a sudden, the game telling you, like, oh, by the way, you actually have to be, like, a master pro at Mahjong to continue on with the story. <laughs> it's like, what? No. <laughs> Why? 
I, I, oh my God, I'm so happy that those like games are optional because I'm not about to play those. I'm, I'm, I was never a huge fan of them, anyways. So yeah, yeah. And like Mahjong is like a huge like I have to spend like hours trying to figure out how to play. Like when I try to like get Mahjong trophies, like half the time I'm like watching a YouTube video. Like I don't exactly get the you know the premise of Mahjong. Like it would just be a disaster. <laughs> it's all luck based. I mean, it's yeah. it's basically just you're just playing it in real life at that point <laughs> because yeah. it it all depends on what you draw and and what what you have in your hand and even then I still didn't understand. I was I was playing Mahjong and Judgment because there's like a certain there's a trophy I was trying to get and mm-hmm. I was like, "Dude, this sucks. <laughs> like I I don't want to play this anymore." I know. Real quick thoughts about the storyline. I talked about being halfway in the game last week and how I was waiting for the game to finally take this full circle. So the game is finally full circle. I do think that the storyline is more enjoyable than it was before. Now that original players who were in the previous chapters, like are at, like now we understand like how it's integrated into the story. I complained about this with Jeremy. I uh, will go into more detail on a later podcast but one thing I'm not a fan of with the storytelling of this game, and it's weird. I actually think it's weird that Sega and uh, Ryoga Gotoku are doing this. They're cutting out major plot points of the storyline, and instead they're just interjecting with, did you do it? Or like, so that happened, and they're like, yeah, it did. And I'm like, wait. So we... So we don't get to see this plot point. <laughs> like Yeah. It's it's actually really bothering me. There there's something that happens at the end of chapter 10 actually, chapter 9 or 10 where it happens and then Ichi's just like, "So, yeah. You did it?" It's like, "Yep, I did it." And I'm like, "Excuse me? Am I not going to see what happened there?" <laughs> because Yeah. That was the whole premise of these last four chapters, and yet you're not even going to show me it happening? <laughs> like, that actually, like, really bothered me so much. And, uh, like, if you know, if, if you know, you know. Uh, and then it, the same thing happened at the end of chapter 13, or 12, or 13. And I was like, so you're not going to show me, like, this incredibly important plot point of the game? Like, you're just going to say it happened? Like, I thought that was so ridiculous. I So I don't know why they chose that. You know, and, and it's funny because at the same time, like, some they ha- they're using, like, some really creative storytelling styles. Like, you know, like, the, the still frames um, of them when they represent the past, I think is super creative. And I really like it. But the fact that they're not showing other major plot points, I was just like, this is actually really weird, and I don't know what the stylistic choice is for it, but we, as a player, I feel like you should have shown that to us. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. Yeah, there's there's a few things in the game where they just do Glossed something. Glossed over it. Yeah, it's just, they, it's weird, because this game has like a lot of exposition, but then they don't always show everything. So it's like this weird imbalance where they tell yes. you a lot, but then they don't show you a lot. And I'm like, what? I don't understand why they decided to go that direction. Because, I mean, okay, the Yakuza games aren't perfect, but I still love them. We still love them. 
they have a lot of exposition. There's usually like a character just monologuing for like 30 minutes straight. And Yakuza 6 is definitely one of those games where there's like an hour long in-game cutscene where characters just talk about all oh, this yeah, exposition. Right. <laughs> that I was, one. <laughs> I was so annoyed. I was so fucking annoyed. I was like, dude, I I got a, I got things to do today. Like I can't put a, I can't I can't be putting my PS4 in rest mode just to wait and come back later. How long is this going to take? It took an yeah. hour to just listen to all that. And I'm like, dude, I get that this is probably the last game featuring like the main character, but still, like, come on, man. And yeah, Yakuza Seven definitely toned down that bit a lot, but still, it's like they, in order to compensate that, they had a lot of exposition, but like a lot of less show, and I didn't like that because in in the past the games have been they show a lot, either like yeah. a flashback that leads up to that or or whatever. But yes, yeah, this like it, it's just, yeah. They show everything, like, and they show all the important plot points. They show all the important things, and then in this game, it's just like, yeah, that happened. I was like, the fuck. <laughs> it's like, hey guys, this happened off screen. It's like, okay, are we gonna see it? <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Point the camera that way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like. I can't wait this... to rip on chapter 10, though. The thing, the specific thing that made me angry. Because, oh gosh, I, I can't believe that you didn't show me that happened. But um, but I, yeah. but that being said, where I'm at with chapter 14 in the storyline, it is very interesting the direction this went. And um, I'm really hyped to find out at the end of the chapter what happens. Because, yeah. <laughs> because I'm like... Oh, fuck. <laughs> I I know, right? And there's a lot of there's a lot of don't tell and don't show in this chapter too. And I'm like, come on, this is so annoying. <laughs> Things just happen and you don't know why, and they don't answer it. I'm like, dude, what? What? Yeah, <laughs> give God. me all the answers. <laughs> come on, people, get it together. <laughs> right? I don't know. Um, yeah. To kind of round out Go- uh, Chariot Goblin's comment, I just want to say, I at this point. In my life, I still think that Yakuza Zero is also my favorite game in the series so far. Yes, Be- I mean I'm not trying to compare it to Seven. They're mechanically they're different games, but obviously thematically they are similar. But Yakuza Zero still has that really special place in my heart, and I still tell people to this day to play that game because it is a good entry into the series. And it sets up everything for the future very nicely. And there's a lot of tongue-in-cheek humor about future games in that game. So, dear listeners, if you are new, please play Yakuza 0. It is, an, is a fantastic game. You will easily sink 150 hours into that game. But you won't realize that you sunk 150 hours because you're having so much fun playing it. That being said, Yakuza 7 is definitely a good soft reboot of the franchise. Because, you know, it's a I think new this... protagonist, it's a new direction, it's a new style. But when Elise and I have our upcoming spoiler cast about Yakuza 7, you will definitely hear a lot of our thoughts. But, of course, please play Yakuza 7 before listening because you might not get a lot of what we're saying. <laughs> and I encourage you and implore you to experience it for yourself I... so you have your own opinion. Yes. I think that... Aside, like a pro- problems aside, because there are quite a few problems um, that I'm having. As you can, t- as you can tell from these past few podcasts, we have a lot of problems with the battle system. But it's it's one of those things where I do think that the storyline and the setup for Itchy is pretty solid. 
move for moving forward go, um going into other games and i think i like I said, I don't know what the actual feedback from other people is yet because I haven't look, looked at Reddit. So if a, I think if if a lot of people feel passionately though, like oh this grinding system's ridiculous, like maybe it will actually you know like maybe they will actually change it for Yakuza Eight. So um, I I think it's good to it's good to acknowledge right now that I like the storyline. Actually, I like Itchy. Like I said. I like that Itchy is not necessarily street smart or or um or book smart. He's more of a just kind of like a passionate like re- like a relationship type of guy. So, I think it's like just a different dynamic that I really appreciate and th- that I like that they introduced uh for this franchise. But yeah, uh, but um I think that if they f- there's a lot of things if they fix it for Yakuza 8, I think Itchy's going to be, like, this franchise is going to be super, super awesome still, so. Yeah, I think Ichi is a really good protagonist. I, I definitely can see him carrying the torch forward and, and moving on the yeah. franchise because he's, he's, he's super meta, he's super funny, and I agree with all your thoughts and sentiments. I know. We, we love our perm fro yakuza man so <laughs> yeah all right that is all i have it today to complain about the yakuza system battle system yeah. but um but yeah thank you so much for the question chariot yeah thank you so much and i also want to give another quick shout out to tay d 20 dd who also subbed around the same time to our youtube channel thank you guys so much for that we thank love you. We love to know that there are people listening that you may not always comment, but we, we love that you guys are listening and, um, yes, you know, just hearing our voices. Cause it's still amazing that there are people out there listening, what we have to say about our lives and our games totally. and our thoughts. So first bit, uh, cyberpunk 2077, it's been delayed. It's been in development hell. But it is finally coming out. A lot of signs are pointing to its release. There are stores setting up shelves. There are people that have copies of the game uh, that are playing it right now. But of course, CD Projekt Red is saying, please do not play the game and stream it on Twitch or YouTube or whatever. Don't stream it because they will take it down. It makes sense because the game is due for release in five days as of the recording of this podcast on December 10th, 2020. Um, A lot of hype, a lot of anticipation. Uh, just follow the rules, guys. Don't stream the game. There was like these two dudes that streamed the game, and they got in trouble because they streamed it like in November when the game was supposed to come out in December. Um, oh, so like- I get what you're saying. Sorry, I thought what you were saying is they were straight up saying don't stream Cyberpunk at all. I didn't realize what you're saying is don't stream Cyberpunk before its December 10th release. Correct. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, so I, I believe there's a lot of like journalists and critics who have the game in their hands now that are playing it so they can write a review in advance, um, but they're not allowed to showcase it to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm excited. I I was having a conversation with uh, Hooded Dude. Shout out to Hooded Dude on the Discord. Uh, we talked about the Cyberpunk release. Uh, he's going to get it day one. I was kind of on the fence about it, and he was like, why? And I was just saying... I have so much else that I want to play. There's a lot of other games in my queue. And I don't know. 
I, I kind of want to get it because I don't, maybe FOMO, definitely FOMO. But at the same time, I'm just like, can I just wait for this to come out later? Like, yeah, I, don't know. I think you're fine. I, like, I, like I'm not gonna play it yet because I I didn't game this whole summer and I didn't play Ghost of Tsushima yet. So like that's the reason I'm not playing it yet, just because I I need to play Ghost of Tsushima. But I I think it's fine if you. I mean, I'm gonna be real with you, Jeremy. So, like, I think it was IGN. So IGN, I want to say it was Tom from IGN. Um, he made this comment because he was, um, play. He played like the first part of the game, and I think he mentions something like the game isn't doesn't even reach the title screen until sixteen hours, and then. Another person, which I think is Kotaku, um, this writer was like, yeah, I we played the game for 170 hours and we're not done yet. And I don't know when it's going to be done. So if you start late, or this is for anyone, if you start the game late, if you don't start it like when it comes out, there's a good chance you might like by the time you start playing, majority of the audience won't even finish the game. Hmm. <laughs> Like, and you'll all, and like, you'll all still be in it to win it. And then, of course, there's going to be some people who play cyberpunk that aren't actually playing for the storyline. Like, they're just playing for the open world. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, don't, like, people have gaming priorities and whatnot. And it's not going to, it's not going to be the end of the world if you don't play something on launch. But really, with cyberpunk, like, this game, all signs are pointing to it's going to take 200 hours to finish the game. So, it, which, which shouldn't be a surprise because I think The Witcher is also long. But yeah, I think it, Witcher's like three hundred or something. Yeah, exactly. This shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that it, that this is a long game. So, if you started late, major majority of people probably still won't even be done with the game by then. <laughs> so that's that's encouraging. Thank you. Y- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just like because I want to play Final Fantasy X. I want to play um, Nino Kuni. Uh, there's just other stuff I want to focus on too, and you know I'm still gonna have the lingering Yakuza Seven feels, and maybe I'll go back and play the game over again, or maybe I'll just continue some of the mini games and complete them. But yeah, yeah, I just thank you, thank you so much for that encouragement. <laughs> yeah, I you're really gonna y- 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 y'all are gonna be fine. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the next bit of news uh, is about the Metal Gear Solid movie that is coming out, and Oscar Isaac is set to star as the title character Solid Snake. So, we a- are pretty anti-video game movies, but fuck, yeah. I am so pro-Oscar Isaac. I'm in, I'm in love with him, so I have mixed feelings about all of this news. <laughs> Honestly, there there was someone out there that said the same thing about Michael Fassbender in the Assassin's Creed movie, and look how that did. Yeah, so it's like... Oh my... <laughs> so, like, I'm just like, no. So, like, when I saw the news, I was like, no! Oscar, why? <laughs> I was like, why did you do this? Because he, he doesn't have anything else to do after Star Wars. He's like, yeah. I finished all the trilogy. I gotta go do other stuff. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how the movie's gonna do, but my feelings tell me it's not gonna do well. But I am curious. 
We're, I mean, to be fair, we're curious about all of the, like, all video game movies. But at the end of the day, we're still anti. But, like, in general, like, that doesn't mean, like, it piques our curiosity. Especially, like, a Metal Gear Solid. Like, that's a loaded story. (laughs) Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, I almost wonder if there's an intention of there being a few movies. It's a big story. I think it's going to have sequel potential because there's always like that. There's always like, you know, video game movies sitting up for the future. They always have little tidbits at the end or whatever. There's going to be a post credit scene watch where they reveal a character and people are going to be like, oh, my God, I can't wait for the sequel because it ties into this game. It's like, okay, cool. Can't wait. Yeah. So but, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. I I. I I'm cautiously excited. I'm like 50%. We'll see. I'm just I'm just disappointed. I I'm one of those people that watches everything that Oscar Isaac's in. No worries. So now I have to watch this. <laughs> so <laughs> ah, That's okay. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Yes. Um and the final bit that we're going to end the podcast on is about the 2020 Game Awards, which happened on December 10th, 2020, which happens to also be the release date of Cyberpunk 2077. Ayo. Hosted by Jeff Keighley, these, ha- these awards happen. But of course, this year is going to be different because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, and for this discussion, we're only going to be talking about the Game of the Year category. There's a lot of other categories. Um, everyone is welcome to go see for themselves because there's a lot of games listed. But... This time we're only going to be talking about game of the year. Not we're not saying that this is the most important category, but this is definitely the most talked about category. It is the most name recognition category, and it is probably the most anticipated category because of the games that are listed here. They're all so different um and they're all just so unique and varied. So I'm just going to name off the games here, Lisa, and um we can have a little quick discussion about it. Yes. So we got Animal Crossing, Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and The Last of Us Part Two. And it's a, you're right to saying that this is a very diverse list um, of games. So, I'm a, I have not played Ghost of Tsushima though in my in my head canon. I feel like I'm really gonna enjoy the game. When, once when i start playing it um and i think we all know animal crossing for me is like probably my personal it's my personal game of the year like it's like i said like this game is like the only reason why i was not depressed this year and mm. and just like i i love sim games so this was this really was like right up my alley um that being said these types of sim games never win game of the year. Though I would love it to, they it never does. I feel like game of the year always goes to a first player first person player RPG. Like or like like historically. Historically, yeah, this would in my okay, historically it would go to one of those types of games and um I'm going to go into predictions already here, Lisa. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, because you actually I, played Ghost of Tsushima, and you played The Last of Us, and you played Animal Crossing, so you can actually, like, have more, or you have more context. Yeah, so, I've only played a handful, as Elisa just mentioned, but, like, so, I'm gonna talk about what, what how I feel about the games listed here so my heart wants to say ghost of tsushima because i loved that game it was beautiful what a beautiful game the soundtrack that the part one the alisa when you see the title card tell me you you tell me if you got chills or not because okay it's beautiful like once you see the title card you're gonna be like what the fuck is going on because it's so beautiful and you might cry because it's so good i almost cried like oh my god um my heart says ghost of tsushima but my gut says The Last of Us Part Two, mainly mm. because of its narrative direction, its, its, uh, its, what is it? Motion capture. How do I explain this? Like, like the way they used motion capture to show the characters' emotion. Because I'm not saying that they looked real; it still looked like a video game. But again, Elisa and I have talked about how we were so engulfed into the Last of Us Part Two, and how we were so taken in to the game. Like we were, we wanted to know what happened next, and I think that is a really good, strong candidate for this game to win. But again, I mentioned on a previous podcast that I kind of don't want this game to win just because of the nature of what its subject matter is. It's just so sad, and I don't know. I, my my heart doesn't want that to win. Like I want something happy to win, I, and I think it's because this year has just been such a downer that I I want something good to come out of this year, and I don't want this really sad game to come I out. Feel I was it. really I was so depressed when that game uh, <laughs> finished. I wasn't like okay, I'm I'm taking this out of context. I wasn't depressed in the actual sense. I was really my mood was really low. I was really sad. Uh, I just, I wanted to play something happy. And again, Ghost of Tsushima, why it ranks so high and why my heart says it should win is because I played it right after The Last of Us Part Two. I grew such a, such an attachment to that game because I just felt like I was doing something in that game. I felt like I was winning. I felt like a superhero. And that just, you know, that speaks volumes to the kind of, um, the kind of gameplay mechanics that, that, uh, sucker punch put into there yeah the story is really cool the characters are engaging they're memorable and you just you you want everyone to live you want everyone to win whereas in the last of us you want people to live and win but that doesn't always happen um and i feel like the last of us is too too far close to reality and it's a little bit too detached from a video game sense that it just doesn't really it just because it's so close to reality i just I, that's why maybe I just don't like it as much being in this category. But again, as I mentioned, I do re- recognize its its place. And I, I do think it is a really good historical game. Uh, I think it's going to make like, I think it's going to, I think it already has done a good job of, you know, telling its story and uh, engaging people. And of course, it's startup controversy. Um, for Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake and Hades, I, I want... I haven't played Doom Eternal. I want to play it. Final Fantasy VII Remake. I've heard mixed things from yourself and as well as others, Elisa. Uh, and yeah, um, you know, I just I've uh, I like I said, yeah. I haven't. Um, for anyone uh, who hasn't heard me talk about it yet, I haven't I played it yet. I actually watched it. Um, I wa- I watched a a walkthrough on YouTube. I um, it's a really good remake. Like it's like it's a very very good remake that 
I feel like if you didn't have like if you didn't have original games on the docket, this like this had a good chance of winning, to be honest. But there's like a lot of original games too that are, you know, that are on here. And this game isn't even done yet, which is confusing as to why it's being nominated. Like you only get like what part one of however many parts that this game is supposed to be. Yeah, which we don't but, even know yet. Yeah, so it's kind of stupid that they're nominating part of a game technically. I don't know. It's weird. Um, and finally, my comment about Hades is that it'd be really cool if a Bay Area studio was nominated and won um, a Game of the Year award because you know, shout out to the local, shout, shout out to the out local to the game studios. Yeah, we, super we, giant games. I know. We love supporting our local. Um, we love supporting our local um, studios in the Bay Area. Honestly, I I always like the underdog of ju- of kind of like to like because you have like because shooters and RPGs usually have priority to basically winning game of the year like it for everyone's game of the year. But like mm-hmm. you have game, but then you have like Hades and Animal Crossing. That is just kind of like the like outliers they're most likely not going to win but like there i would love games like these to win though like j- like you know what define like what defines like <laughs> a good game just just because animal crossing and and hades don't really have like a narrative like you know a strong narrative doesn't mean that they're bad games because a game's not just a narrative storyline no exactly exactly so. and i I, I like to think of Hades as the parasite of, uh, you know, this list. Mm-hmm. Parasite, the movie, the Korean movie. Like, you know, no one thought that that would, movie would get so many awards because it, it rightfully earned them. That was a fantastic movie. Yeah. And the way that I see Hades is a lot of people are talking about it the same way they talk about Parasite. Like, word of mouth and just people giving it rave reviews and people not understanding. Like, what is this game? What is this movie? Like, why is it so good? Mm-hmm. And other people are like, other people that I've seen or played it are like, just go experience it for yourself. Like, you, there's no way to describe it because the best way to, to, to experience it is just to, like, play it or watch it. Yeah. And, you know, like, Supergiant Games, they're not, you know, they're not, if you look at this list, they're not the biggest studio there. Like you have id Software, Bethesda, Nintendo, Square, um, Sony. Sony's on there twice, technically, with Sucker Punch and Naughty Dog. Huh, so good point. Yeah. Yeah. And Supergiant is just this little underdog that's like, hey, I'm from, I'm from here. I just, you know, I just made a, a good game. I just made a game and I want people to enjoy it. And again, like, I think that this is the parasite of this list because it might win a bunch of awards. It might clean house. Like we don't know. Like it, it has yeah. that potential. Um, I haven't played it yet, but a lot of people are giving it good reviews and I can definitely see that um, it's going to be, you know, it, it's going to be, it, it it deserves to be on this list because it's not as divisive as like the last of us part two. Yes. But yeah, I, I'd like to hear your thoughts, Elisa, on this list. Oh, um, it, it's unfortunate because I only play, I've only played um, three out of the six games. Like I feel like, uh, I just didn't have, uh, and the game that I want to play the most, I didn't play. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> play it. Uh, but, um, like I said, my personal game of the year is Animal Crossing, um, just because I think it's a great sim game and it incorporates a lot of things. There's just so many things that you can do in the game. And, like, you can, there's, you know, you can play all these different ways. Um, The Last of Us, uh, you know, like, it's gonna, 
Like, I wouldn't be surprised if that's, like, high up in people. Like, who, whoever votes for Game of the Year, if that's high up on people's um, game. I know that it's a controversial game, but, I mean, I liked it. Like, I thought, like I said, I thought that it was fine, and the game, the gameplay itself was fine, too. Um, really... I think if what it comes down to is like how much you were affected by the storyline, like did you like I, and what I mean by that is like, because the storyline is very divisive, so it's like are you, there's going to be people who take into that into consideration when you vote, and then Hades is just like a fun game, like I, it, it's like uh, it's like a fun mechanic, I'm all about it, um, roguelite and it I like I said it's. I think it's very it's a very good beginner roguelite game and it's one of those games that a lot of people can play. I See, the one thing is I I wish I played Ghost of Tsushima my cuz I just think this is the game I've been hyped about for the last 3 years and it's finally out and I haven't played it yet. <laughs> and so man, I wish I I wish I could have an opinion about this game already. Um, well, if it does win this award, then that will probably give you even more reason to play it and finish oh, it because you want to figure out why. I have it bought already. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. No, no, like, that's that's like, my point. Is that yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Since it, you already have it. Yeah, like it's already bought. I just I'm just playing it after Yakuza. So <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So okay, perfect. I um. Like I said, personally for me, I I really like Animal Crossing. Um, like that's that's my personal game of the year so far. But I know that this type of game never wins game of the year. But but I'm just saying that's my personal game of the year. Okay. Yeah. No. I if it won, I would not be surprised to be honest. Like because because like the nature of when it came out, like right as the pandemic started for a lot of people, especially in the U.S. Um, it was just that go-to game for, you know, people to relax and enjoy and not think about, you know, what was going on around them to yeah. escape. And I personally have a deep love for the Animal Crossing series. Um, I, I played the first one on the GameCube and the DS, 3DS. I, I skipped out on the, the Wii one, but, you know, it was all the same. It's it's all, the games are slightly different, a lot of varying mechanics, but the nature of the game itself is uh, a sim. You you live on an on an island you escape from your real life and there's so many little things you to do you grow attached to your characters your your villagers and you can customize everything there's a lot of creative people on the internet that are making you know their their islands like based yeah, their off dream of movies suites are ridiculous yeah it's insane and yeah. the creativity of animal crossing has always been there but this year it, it's bigger than ever and i under, fully understand why this is on that list and Again, like I, I would love for this game to win too, but we'll see. Like I yeah. think it does have that potential. Maybe this year will be different because this game came out during uh, such a rough time, and it's it means so much to a lot of people. But yeah, who knows? this game means a lot to me for sure. But awesome, yeah. Those are our thoughts on the game awards. Yes. If you we... have any questions for the podcast, you could email us at contact at downtime live. You can comment on YouTube. You can comment on Twitter. You can go to www.downtime.live. We have a forum as well as a Discord. And you can 
ask us questions there and join our community. And we also have the podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, Google, Podbean, YouTube, Apple, all of the uh, all of the above. So if so listen to us there and if you listen on Apple Podcasts and if you're enjoying this, please write us a review and we'll read it on the podcast. Yeah, make sure you follow our Twitter as well. Yes. <laughs> uh we're always tweeting, retweeting stuff. And uh be sure to look out for our thoughts on the results of the game awards on the next podcast. Yes. And then most likely we'll have a we'll have a Yakuza Like a Dragon spoiler cast in a couple weeks. So stay tuned for that. And have a good day. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>